0: The Audio Vault on one San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by A.A. Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It's the R.J. Ochoa Show on ninety-four one San Antonio Sports Star. What's going on in Jerry's world? What's the latest from Cowboy Camp? Find out right here, Friday mornings at 7.30 and 9.30 with the manager and editor-in-chief of Blogging the Boys, R.J. Ochoa. Here's Robin Rudy. It's a show within a show. It is the R.J. Ochoa Show inside of the r&r show welcome aboard rj how are you this morning
1: it's great to be with you all happy friday um pretty bummer of a start to the Ryder cup for the united states
0: what's going on um, oh really
1: kind of embarrassed not gonna lie yeah
2: you know what uh i'm gonna talk to you about that off air uh as you know fridays rj we just got off the phone with uh coach mike mccarthy and toward the end i, I was trying to lead him down the path of look man there's nothing wrong I asked him, when, when did it become a negative thing to be a game manager? And Mike being super smart was like, I don't know where you're going, but if you're going down the path of you trying to consider Dak Prescott a game manager, you would be totally wrong. That didn't go how I thought. But I really, I honestly, RJ, I don't see anything wrong with it, but I understand Coach Mike McCarthy not wanting to put that out to the world, that he feels like Dak's a game manager, even though they're handling him like one.
1: Um, I would disagree that they're handling him like one. Really? Um, I think it's I think it's a funny question um, given your Facebook post right after the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals. I don't know what you're um, talking about. But, uh, um, <laughs> I don't but, know. Um, but th- there's a great line that I'll steal from Bob Sturm of uh, the Ticket and uh, and his own Substack uh, when he talks about quarterback play. Um, he says you have to be the thermostat, you can't be the thermometer. Some some players are the thermometer, and they, they reflect the temperature of the room, but when you're the thermostat, you have to set the way things are. Mm. Um, and so um, I know I like- the, the term game manager or bus driver is cute and, and gives you butterflies and, and makes you feel like you can moonwalk, but, um, I mean, if, if you don't believe that Dak is, is a thermostat, then I don't know. That you've been watching the right and appropriate but, things for the but last. But what I'm saying,
2: but what I'm saying is, let's say he was whatever you want to call it. I why is that a? When did that become a bad thing? Like, is the goal to win Super Bowls or is the goal to make your quarterback feel like he's better than he is? What's the goal?
1: I mean, I agree with that as a general philosophy, um, but I mean, so in this case, these are two different subjects, right? Like, is Dak okay. one of these things? No, um, but is being one of these things a bad thing? um because even even game managers or bus drivers get hot right i mean right. Joe Flacco threw 11 touchdowns and no picks in the run to winning Super bowl 47 Eli Manning did it twice right like you know um but even then like i think the term implies that you are incapable of doing anything that, that you know you're only a thermometer that you don't have the ability to set the temperature by any stretch I then people would say that somebody like Mac Jones is maybe a glorified game manager. That Dak Wilson, in his best efforts, could be a game manager. That Daniel Jones might be a game manager. But uh, but I agree with, with Coach McCarthy and that Dak Prescott's nothing like that. Good for him, clapping back. I'd like to hear he snapped on a Friday morning.
0: his honor, Jerry <laughs> Jones said post-game on Sunday that they were limiting Dak, that they were holding him back. See? And then the few things that he was still allowed to do, they made a whole lot easier to do.
1: Get him, Rob. I mean... But just because they're easier to do doesn't I mean they're holding them back. You know what I mean? Like, and I would offer that they didn't make anything easy on Dak in Arizona. I mean, you know, it was it was tough sledding. It was really difficult. Um, and that's not to exonerate Dak. Like, Dak can't play that poorly. I mean, you know, th- again, th- we live in a world where, despite right. popular belief, multiple things can be true. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, um, it, it's. It's just, that's the way things go, right? uh, There's like no the room lose. for a
0: reasonable debate here, RJ. Yes, yeah, both mean. things can be true. Uh, with that in mind, the, the truth is that Belichick is going to do some things that we expect. Uh, we, they, they're going to take away the primary weapons, and I'm sure when he looks at the Cowboys, he looks on one side of the ball and <laughs> so, well, I need to stop C.D. Lamb. I, I, I'm going to need to deal with the run game. What do you think that they're going to try to take away from the Cowboys, and how are the Cowboys going to come back against that?
1: I think CD is kind of a, you know, at the very top of that list, especially given that CD blew the game for the, for the Cowboys or for the Patriots the last time they matched up. Um, I think Tony Pollard's is at the top of that list. Um, look, I came on here for the last two Fridays, and I was screaming about how stupid everybody was about you know taking mike mccarthy too literally about wanting to run the ball here we are tony pard leads the nfl in carries is on pace for more work yes, you than know Nick mm-hmm. Elliott got in all but one of his seasons um so i don't know that i'm eating the crow but it's in the oven uh just in case <laughs> you know um and uh i mean so that, that's a bit of a tough scene but so yeah i mean that's who they've been like I, again, not to go back to Rudy's, you know, original point, but like I think that, that Bill might might make Dak try to throw the ball. I, I don't mm-hmm. think the Cowboys want to throw the ball a ton, want to rely on throwing the ball, but I think Bill might, you know, stack the box. Tony Pollard faced the fewest amount of stack boxes from a percentage standpoint last week. The Cardinals, you know, allowed it because they didn't want Dak to throw, um, which I think should give you a, a point of how respected he is by an elite defensive mind, and Jonathan Gannon, but. I mean, they, they were like, yeah, I mean, go, go ahead. I mean, you know, we're going we're gonna to take this, and, and you can go ahead and make this game go by quickly if you want to try to run the ball, and that's going to work against you, and you're going to be the one running at a time.
0: Um, um, Obes is going to be making the play calls here. Um, the Cowboys have had a little bit of problems with Obes over the years in his offensive calls. Is there any worry with a different kind of offense as opposed to the Matt Patricia brilliance from last year?
1: So um, it's a little bit of breaking news to me that anyone has ever called him Obes. Um, but um, <laughs> so, um, um. But I like it. Uh,
2: uh, yeah, he act like he knows them on the first. Like you know, they're 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 boys, RJ. Oms
1: uh, <laughs> um, DQ. Yeah. yeah, whatever. You know, they're all out there. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it look, here's the thing. Um, speaking of DQ, I mean, like another question is about Bill O'Brien, but like, you know, maybe Dan Quinn isn't the greatest coach of all time, and I. Love Dan Quinn. I mean, Uh-oh. but goodness Uh-oh. gracious! Like, have have y'all seen anybody coming for him after his defense mm. allowed 200 yards in no the first half? One. No against one against the Cardinals. Great point, no. RJ. Great and again, point. I don't. I don't mean to, you know, come on here and bag on Dan Quinn for no reason. But like, let's keep balancing the force. You know what I mean? Like, if we're gonna come and say Dak sucks, McCarthy sucks. Well, tell me about this coach who y'all are saying is the one who's really in charge, the one who's running the show, about how his side of the ball with all these players who we're hyping and gassing up as being legendary all-time Micah Parsons, Tank Lawrence, and Jaron Ron Curse and everybody. Like, you can't tell me that dude got punched in the mouth and run all over and that, like, it's 0% his fault. Um, and so I find it rather in- – and now – to your point, Rob, it's like, well, what are we going to do about Bill O'Brien? Well, we're supposed to have Dan Quinn. Dan's supposed to be the guy who takes mm. care of this. Like, why is this even a level of doubt in our minds? It's because Dan Quinn, again, might not be the greatest coach who's ever been involved in the Dallas Cowboys organization. Uh, going uh,
2: going back to last year, RJ and I, we talked with Coach McCarthy about this. They didn't. They never lost two in a row. I, I'm not putting uh, I'm not putting as much like worry into this game as some people. I, they don't lose two in a row under Mike McCarthy with this core group. And to me, I feel like while we can both things can be true. Bill Belichick can be the goat, but what has he taken away from teams since he lost Tom Brady? I think like I it's at this point without Tom, it feels more like urban legend like well Bill's going to take <laughs> some Bill's
0: going to take something away. He ain't been taking away much since Tom left. They were a pick six away from beating
1: Philly in week 1. I mean, there
0: that's a defense that I'm worried about. I'm not okay, kidding. Okay, okay,
1: okay. I mean, that Rob's point is fair, and the game that Dallas played against them two years ago, I mean, despite ha- Dallas having a pick six, I mean, they gave up a 75-yard touchdown right after. Again, shout out to the almighty Dave Quinn. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's, I, I agree that it's a little bit like going to a museum. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, well, give me my headphones, and I'll go press the exhibit numbers. You know what I mean? Like, you're not catching Bill in his prime or anything like that, but. Um, and while they never lost two games in a row last year, who cares? Like, it's this year, right? Like, I mean, okay. like, that, that that means nothing. And I, I i do, you know, I thought it was so interesting last week. C.D. Lamb was asked about, you know, obviously at the time the Cowboys were walking on water and, you know, how great of a start they'd had and things like that. And he said, look, I mean, we can't prove anything in, in the first two weeks. We're, we're looking forward to week five. And I thought it was really interesting that he specifically said I week believe
2: five. believe he said that.
1: I know, and that's obviously the San Francisco 49ers game. And so I do hope um, that the loss last week rattled the cage enough to where it's like, hey, man, like, quit looking down the road Mm in San Francisco. And and, because you can go beat those dudes in October, but at the end of the day, like, they've owned you in January. Like, you know, getting this regular season win will be important, but it won't mean the end of the world. And so – but the fact remains – that's not a a given of a game. You might lose that game. So if you lose this one, and then you lose the one against one of the best teams in the NFL – All of a sudden, you go from two and one to two and three, and things are really kind of piling against you. Even though you didn't lose two games in a row throughout all of 2022. Interesting.
0: That's R.J. Ochoa of Blogging the Boys. He joins us every Friday for insight and intrigue. Uh, Monday was it Monday or Tuesday? The Kyle Pitts rumor kind of jumped out there, and while you know Atlanta shot that down pretty quick, it does reflect, I think, at least on. the the periphery of the star, if not inside the doors, that there is a little bit of concern about tight ends ability. Is there some credence to the fact that they're still looking and might be looking outside the star for another tight end?
1: This was an amazing rumor to pop up because this was the true, like um, this was emblematic of how panicked Cowboys fans were, that they just kind of willed this rumor (laughs) into existence. It it was their cope. Um, I mean, I think the reality of it is, and, isn't necessarily, oh, the Cowboys missed Dalton Schultz, oh, the Cowboys need a tight end, oh, Kyle Pitts this, or whatever. It's they have struggled in the red zone. I mean, think about it. We're we're three games in, C D Lamb doesn't have a touchdown. You know, Michael Gallup doesn't have a touchdown, right? Like, Brandon Cooks doesn't have a touchdown, right? Like, this wasn't the, the start, you know, from that perspective that we anticipated. And, you know, C has been great. Gallup had an amazing game last week. Yes, it sucks that it was in vain, but... Um, I mean, they're just not scoring, and so it seems like what what's the what's the quick what's the you know path of least resistance? It's get more playmakers in here, get whatever, and it's weird. It's it's not that they're you know struggling to get near the end zone; it's just that they can't do it. I mean, so yeah, I mean, I can understand how somebody would say we need these big, strong dudes to get down there because we suck at this right now, and that's that's going to be the thing. Like I, I'm very fascinated to see their first red zone opportunity on Sunday if they get down and they have to settle for a field goal. Um, it will be a tough scene. And there's nothing more emblematic of kind of their overall dysfunction right now. I don't know if y'all saw this. I wrote about it. Brandon Aubrey, who has been amazing, um, he is the first kicker in the Super Bowl era to attempt at least 10 field goals in his first three career games and make all of them, which is really cool, right? Like, it's awesome. Like, kudos to Brandon Aubrey. Like, shout out to the MLS and everything. But, like, this is pretty dependent upon opportunity. (laughs) And so it's like... Well, this is cool, but I kind of wish you didn't have all these chances early on to set this really unique record.
2: But this is the thing, you know, and I'm trying to stay glass half full because, you know, I'm trying to erase this hater thing. When it does, when they do flip this switch, if they do, RJ, up three weeks into the season, they are double their trips into the red zone from last year. So with the ability to what they're doing between the 20s, if they do figure this out, this could – be very dangerous for philly and san francisco since we since cd wants to bring up san francisco we'll we'll go there
1: um well that is a really glass half full perspective i think you should be embarrassed of the facebook post that we're talking about and maybe go delete it because that was uh, you know that that wasn't of uh of this particular mindset but um but that's that's well said um it's not often i can say great point rudy uh, about the dallas cowboys um and so i mean and that's true and like some of these things, you know, there's natural regression to the mean. We've talked about that a lot, used that phrase a lot. The Cowboys were the number one red zone offense in the NFL last year. Like, what a shocker. If you're not going to be number one this year. But um, if you do stabilize, I mean, you know, you don't always regress to the mean, right? Like sometimes you regress to the other end right. of the spectrum. Um, and so right now that's kind of where they're at. But I, I do think that's a great point. Um, there is something, again, if you're trying to manage expectations, trying to cope, whatever – um to you know these dudes don't play preseason takes them three to four weeks to kind of find their rhythm find their form and to the you know fact that sometimes weird crap happens and sometimes weird crap happens in in bulk and they've kind of dealt with that and I think to your point the fact that they had such a deficient level of success in the red zone in the first two weeks and still had a point differential of 70 to 10 in those two games is you know signifying or or signifies kind of how well-rounded they are Um, I do think, again, if you're really trying to reach and give them all kinds of excuses, the Trayvon thing last week had to have been this big-time shell shocker of a thing. It happened on Thursday, you know, less than 72 hours before kickoff. They had to travel, right? Like, I mean, it was just, they were clearly not themselves, and it showed in just about every way.
0: RJ Ochoa sitting with us for his regular. Uh, Talk about the offensive line play. Grade the play of the offensive line last
1: week with the guys
0: that did play.
1: That's the thing. If you're, you know, giving that context, whether it could be grading on a curve or, or kind of handicapping the situation because, you know, you were down three starters, I right. mean, I think it was all right. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, g- given given the circumstances, it was all right. Um, I, I mean, in fact, you know, do y'all know who the first penalty was called on of all five offensive linemen who started last week? It was Terrence Steele. That's the thing, like, okay, Terrence, you're, gonna, you're supposed to be the big veteran right here. You got the big contract. You can't false start on the first third down of the game. Um, and so... I, in a weird way, it was kind of an encouraging overall performance because while nobody wants to see that particular assimilation again, it is a matter of like, well, hey, they have depth. And, and all right, right. Right? like, if, if With, with that in mind, two,
0: RJ, how we, there is some depth and that offensive line wasn't bad, although it looked like McCarthy was planning on calling the game with a bad line in play, Um. Uh, how much does that lead into who's plays and who's needs to play this week? I mean, how, how desperate are they get to get Biotish back on the field?
1: I mean, I think they have to be all time desperate to get everybody back, right? Like, um, they wouldn't say this. I mean, and it's just an assumption, but I mean, they, they kept Tyler Smith on ice in week one. And I mean, that, that felt like, you know, living for the marathon as opposed to the sprint. And they kept him on ice in week two, and Brandon cooks. And so, you know, they got away with it and it was, look, there were 12 and a half point favorites, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure they thought like, Hey, let's, you know, this is not the super bowl. Let's let, you know, we should be able to get out of Dodge with a win here, even without these three dudes, let's just give it a, go- a whirl. And I mean, last week was a, you know, a huge indication at how more mortal they really are just the same mortal Every They, they believe the same blood is all of us. And so, um, I mean, I think you have to be all time desperate to get everybody. Wow. back. I mean, Look, we're we're on Tyler Smith's fourth game of his second season and we still haven't seen the intended offensive line play one game together. It's literally never happened. They've never had their intended offensive line together. And so, that's not why you're desperate. You're desperate because these games matter. These games are significant. I mean, you keep dropping them and yeah, you might scrap it together and get in the playoffs, but the difference between 12 and 5 or 13 and 4 or 11 and 6 is massive.
2: Um we, to, You know, I think the easy, low-hanging fruit has been Mozzie, RJ. Like, well, he was a first-round pick, and he, he's not even starting. But when I look back at the numbers, the 207 yards came outside of the tackles. Now, other than Dan Quinn, who are you blaming for that? And, or you know, can D-Law get Micah up to speed enough to fix this? Because, you know, D-Law's the run stopper. He's the magic man when it comes to that. How how can you get Micah up to speed, and how do they fix the outside-the-tackle runs?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, Micah has more than earned the right to talk and to say whatever he wants, like, over and over and over again. Um, but Micah came out and was like, yeah, they want to run it right at me. Go for it. I, you know, I dare them. Well, whoops. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they did, and uh, it didn't work. Um, so, I mean – you, you, to your point, I mean, like it's a matter of like you you have to be a different player, right? Like you know, like people bag on Tank Lawrence because you know he doesn't have the sack numbers and things like that, but like you can't just like come out in fifth gear when you're playing run defense. And I'm not saying he's a an over aggressive player, but like you have to shift. Like you're not doing the same thing. You have to be able to adjust, and you have to be able to to withstand that and absorb all of that. And I mean you just you have to be ready for that. And that's the thing, like Micah's now at a point of greatness where teams are gonna do that. I mean it's no coincidence that it was Jonathan Gannon who I I know he's the def- was the defensive coordinator, but he was on the Eagles staff last year that were the first team to do that. I mean, like hmm. the book is out and, and if people are smart enough they'll they'll open it up and read it and find all the answers and until Micah shows that he can defend outside runs, teams are gonna do it all day long, I would imagine, starting on Sunday with the Patriots.
0: Uh this is one of those funny things that happens during a season and it's come up around the uh the star here with Micah Parsons running some tight end reps. <laughs> what what's the likelihood of the possibility of seeing Micah on
1: offense? I mean, the Cowboys are all-time careful with Micah and how many defensive snaps he plays, right? Like they they're trying to preserve him because they believe they're a playoff team and they want him as fresh as possible for the tournament. So, I mean, there's a there's a higher yeah. likelihood of Rudy J. running a snap at tight end for the Cowboys <laughs> than, than Micah Parsons.
0: He might be the best one on the roster.
1: Well, yeah, he, it, he, he might be from an athletic perspective. But, I mean, you know, if you if you spent a second-round draft pick on a tight end and then you trotted Micah out there, I would freak out. I I would scream. I would look like a child with the tantrum I would throw.
2: Great point. Um, Matthew Judon. I talked to Coach McCarthy about him. He said that they, they're probably going to be looking at double teams since the You know, they're not catching many red zone touchdowns. I'm guessing the tight ends are going to have to help out with him because he is a problem.
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of an underrated defensive superstar. The Patriots haven't had the spotlight on them, you know, the last few years the way that they used to. Um, So people don't necessarily put him in the the Micah, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa conversation, but he's right there. I mean, he's he's a problem. Like, he's a dude who can completely ruin the game. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, that's a great point. It's like, okay. We don't have Kyle Pitts, so the non-Kyle Pitts is in the room. Um, y'all are in charge of, uh, of double-teaming Matthew Judon, and we'll just kind of live and go to work that way. All right, so
0: the Ryder Cup's sucking it up. Astros ain't playing it in. What's going to keep you happy this weekend other than a Cowboys win?
1: Well, first of all, the Astros are coming off of a, an important win. Yeah, uh, they did get one. You're right. It's been a rough week. Good the win, Mariners though. win last night um, keeps things all the more tense. Um, this is a great... Sports weekend, like this is, the, I put this up there with all-time sports weekends. You've got baseball regular season coming down to the wire. There is a number of permutations that can happen. Some are highly stressful. Some are incredibly, you know, awesome. You've got the Ryder Cup, although granted, right now USA's got their tail tucked between their legs. You've got college football. Um, obviously, Colorado is going to beat USC and, and flip this whole thing upside down. Of course. Um, you, You've got uh, the NFL in action, the premier league in action and survivor came back on Wednesday. The amazing race came back on Wednesday. Lego masters came back last night. The reality television landscape is at an all time. high. I don't have enough screens. I mean, like I, I have, you know, a lot going on. I don't have enough time to watch and enjoy all of this. And not only that, to read all the recaps, to listen to all the podcasts, to see and hear all of the analysis. Like, this is a full-time job on top of everything I'm doing already.
0: Wow, you got a tough
2: life. Yeah, you do. You're great of Micah on Edge.
1: Oh, the show? Uh. Um I mean, he's a really entertaining personality. He is, uh, right? So, we, yeah,
2: it's good for us for what
1: we do, right? I mean, the other thing is, like, it's not only good for us, but it's actually kind of bad for us because he's so, like – Coming, that he he kind of like diffuses any potential you know this that or whatever like he'll be straight up and honest and then he'll he'll own it you know what I mean so it's not like there's ever any like controversy about it I, what I love about Micah Parsons is he's just like a normal big-time sports fan who happens to be one of the best football players in the world you know like and like I don't know if y'all saw last night he tweeted he got a lot of heat over the summer for how many NBA jerseys he wears and people think he's a bit of a bandwagon fan um and so uh because he's from you know Pennsylvania so he's the Sixers guy but now he's the Mavs guy and he also likes the Warriors um so he tweeted last night he was like y'all better believe I'm getting a Dame jersey he was like go Milwaukee (laughs) so I mean um it's just oh he also had a Jason Tatum jersey like again he was just all over the place I mean that was the only bad look for him in all this stuff
2: Belichick let Zeke go crazy or leave him on the bench
1: I don't know that it's possible for Z's to go crazy at this point, Rudy. Really. I mean, yeah, like, I again, all due do, I'll do respect. Um, it, and th- I think that storyline will quickly fizzle out. He's just that's, he's just a different player now. And that's okay. Right? Like, We all we had some good times. You know, when, when we were all at summer camp 15 years ago, remember? Remember when we were over down by the lake and, and what, what we all saw Rob doing? You know what I mean? Like, it was a good time, you know, but it was in the past at this point. Well, RJ,
0: we thank you for your stop by. Enjoy your full weekend. We'll talk to you next week.
1: I hope each of you has a scoop of vanilla ice cream before the weekend.